Hey guys, welcome to Bang Broadcast, episode number 430. I'm Chris. I'm John. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out Defe- December 23rd, Paul the what? Ah, Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, and that is I the was kind of hoping Paul was when- going to forget what he had just called it before <laughs> we started recording, and he's going to be like, the, the 23rd. <laughs> <laughs> and then we always follow it up with our rotating main topic, and this week we're bringing you a look back of sorts, uh, but not a look back, it's kind of a look forward, but... The other day, Disney had their 2020 investors call where they kind of outlined everything that they are working on for the next like three years. So we're going to be talking about a big chunk of that stuff because there was an announcement for Marvel, Lucasfilm, Disney Animation, Disney Studios, uh, Pixar, Hulu, FX, a lot of stuff. We probably wouldn't have a chance to talk about all of it anyway, so we're just going to kind of streamline and talk about, I think, some of the big stuff for us, like Marvel and Lucasfilm, and then maybe towards the end of the show, if we have some time, we can we can pick some of our other stuff that we think is worth looking forward to. Definitely want to talk about Rescue Rangers if we can. Oh, yeah, okay. That was... <laughs> I have I have a list of everything that was announced, so we can, uh, we can get through all that. But we got to get through all of our beers first. Yeah. And uh, as Paul said, we're drinking our first beer from Clown Shoes. This is out of their 12 beers of Christmas. This is beer number seven. Number seven. uh, Chocolate Sombrero, Mexican-style chocolate stout. This is an ale brewed with natural flavors and natural flavors added. And this is coming at 7%. Yeah, on the Clown Shoes website, they refer to this... uh as a chocolate sombrero Mexican-style chocolate stout with special ingredients, cinnamon, vanilla, and ancho chili powder. Uh, sweet flavors blossom with additions of vanilla and cinnamon, while a spicy body gets its kick from ancho chili powder. Dark malt flavors provide a robust palate upon which one may don the chocolate sombrero. It's not, it's not bad. Do you get those? It's okay. Um, I mean, I get a little bit of cinnamon. I. It's a good pepper flavor it's not an overpowering heat like a lot of pepper beers have um it's kind of just there on the back end um it's not bad i've had this previously and i thought it was okay but more recently i've been able to find some of the special versions of this where it'll be coconut sombrero where it's this brewed with coconut or something else like that like peanut butter sombrero they have like a and they have, like, the barista sombrero, where it's, yeah. like, coffee. So it's been a while since I've had this one, and this is passable. It's not great. It's not terrible. Um, is yours, like, a little thin? Me. Mm. It's... Chocavesa. It's it's light. I wouldn't say it's thin, but it's, it's light. It's not, like, watery. I mean, it has, like... That linger no, but it's not, on the tongue with like that kind of malt, that cinnamon there. Mouthfeel to me feels more like a brown ale than a stout. I, guess I can see that. Kind of what I'm, uh, it's okay. I don't think it's it's great. Um, I mean, Paul mentioned Chocavesa. Like that's one I would, you know, knock down an old lady for. Uh, this one I would be like, eh, that old lady can have it. Like <laughs> I'm not gonna knock her down. 
I'm, I'm enjoying it. I mean, I'm already halfway through it. It's it's an easy drink. Like, I think it's definitely an easy drink. I don't, like, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing great about yeah. it. Um, it would definitely be towards the bottom of the previous six we had. Um, I would agree. But again, I can find better versions of this with other flavors added that I like a lot more. Um, last time I had this, I didn't actually check into it. So, oh wait, no. So it's saying this beer is actually no longer in production, but they do have a Chocolate Sombrero 2020. So maybe they reconfigured the the recipe a little bit. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I think um, this week we're actually going to go past the news garden, past the back 40. Oh, we're going to walk into and, the back 40. And uh, we're just, the uh, main topic is going to be basically the big news that happened this week. Um, so that'll take us right over to the list, guys, right? Yeah. Do we want to do, do, do another beer next? I don't know what to do. I'm confused. I'd have to go open another no, one. No, you're, fi- you're fine. We, could. We, can, we can do it after we get through the list. Um, like you said before, books for December 23rd, 2020. And this is another really light week for me. Every week this month, it's been just the books that I normally pick up that I'm going to be picking up. There's been nothing stand out that catches my attention. Uh, but this week, we do have Transformers Back to the Future number two coming out. I saw number one came out a few weeks ago, passed on it, but just to have a new comic book to read for when we do the December look back, uh, I'm going to be picking up Transformers Back to the Future, number one from IDW Publishing, uh, written by Kevin Scott, art by Juan Samu. Uh, yeah, Transformers and Back to the Future, the DeLoreans and Autobot. It's one of those mashup books. They wrote it. I like both these things. I'll read it. End of thoughts. Uh, yeah, and as Chris said, uh, it's a extremely light week. I didn't see anything that really interests me. There was a couple number ones. I read the description for them, and I was like, I, I don't really think I'm going to spend my money on that. So I went back into my Comixology wish list, and uh, Tyler Cross Volume 1, uh, by uh, Fabian Nuri, art by Bruno. Uh, and this is uh, going to be a hard-boiled noir detective story, uh, which is something that's one of my favorite kind of genres. And uh, I'm hoping this is going to be uh, worthwhile to check out. Um, I don't know. I always enjoy those. You know, we, I kind of feel like I got a little spoiled with um, Black Sad because that was such a good little noir book. Um, but hopefully this is as good as that, but with people, not animal people. So my only request is if it's as good or better than Black Sad, bring it to the table. If it's not, that's your that's your new barometer for like hard-boiled <laughs> like, crime fiction. Because Black Sad was actually like really good, and I forgot about that book until you brought it up. But yeah, this is skipping over that news garden, man. Because usually we're like, oh, we don't have any news; it'll be really quick. <laughs> we talk like and an we hour. spend forty-five minutes uh, on it. And now <laughs> a dramatic reading. 
from Taskmaster. Number one, page three, panel three. And that was a dramatic reading from Taskmaster. Number one, page three. Panel three. So was it a well, you can, was it a constant <laughs> choice to stay with like the the old timey news voice? This is okay. It, it it's very. I think something's wrong with my pack because I think most of my beers are, are a little off. I don't know what I did with it, but this is like I get a little bit of sweet malt. I don't get really any. I get a little bit of bitter on the back, um, but uh, this is beer is okay. It is um, a bit of a throw. I don't know if I'm just taking time to get over that chocolate sombrero. This is okay. It's nothing. Um, it's middle. It's middle of the road. Multi West Coast. Uh, they, a little bit of bitter. They do refer to this as an amber IPA with modern hop bill that balances strong malt flavors with notes of citrus, pine, and a touch of resin. It's definitely very malt. Like my, I, I feel like mine's very malt forward. Yeah, but I do get that kind of like piney, resiny on the back. Eight percent. It's not bad, and it is. I mean, that color is very, very deep amber. Like it's almost a like looks like a brown in your glass. Um, I don't mind this, but John, recently you and I had the Sierra Nevada celebration. Oh yeah, I think I would go back to that before I go back to this because this is just a little bit too like that resin like West Coast IPA on my tongue that I haven't built up the callus in a while since I haven't drank that many IPAs recently and the ones that I have have been more like juicy like New England styles. I don't mind this though. I'm trying to think like how I want to check into it on Untap right now. I uh, I had to build a celebration display over in like the food area of uh, of my place of business, and um, like when I finished, I looked at it and I was like, I could go for one of those right now, because it was I I actually really enjoyed that celebration this year, and you can find that review over on our is that our Bill and Ted uh, um, podcast? I I believe so. Yeah, it was one of the yeah. One of our movie fixes that we did, and we, yeah, and we should. Chris and I have our next movie planned. It's just trying to find a time to record it. Yeah. Chris, I've watched it four times now. Really, I've I've watched it once, and then I've watched like the scene when they get to the moon with the song. The thing I have to say about all of these beers is they hide the percentage. Like, this is 8%, and I'm halfway through it. Like, it's just such an easy drinker. And even the chocolate sombrero, like, you could just I mean, we pretty much that one out. We pretty much did slam that one. This one I have to take my time with a little bit more on, just because of that pininess on it. Like, it's just, it sits on the, like, middle tip of my tongue there, so I can't attack this one like I did. But luckily, we've got a lot of stuff to to talk about in our main topic. Unless there's anything else anybody wants to talk about. No, no, no back, no more back 40. Anyways. Well, Hey, why don't we move from that into our main topic, which was a lot of the stuff that they had announced at the Disney investors call, but it was more like a, like 
Disney fandom. It, it really reminded me of what DC had done with their fandom event. Um, this was a four hour, like, video call basically where they had the different quadrants of the company all come in with like the figureheads and the producers and the people involved in the projects to talk about what they were ready to announce for the upcoming slate of films, TV shows, specials. Um, And let's piggyback off of uh, Paul's Star Wars talk. We'll head right into Lucasfilm. Um, Because... The big thing that I kind of came out of the Disney investor call with was, okay, there was a lot of stuff that we had already known about that they also confirmed, yes, this is a thing you know about, and we acknowledge that you know about. Moving on to the next thing, um, which was really hit the Marvel section kind of hard. Like, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Lucasfilm, uh, confirming what everybody kind of was hoping for and expected we are getting a live-action Ahsoka Tano show coming to Disney+. Plus. Basically, what we got on Mandalorian with the episode The Jedi was kind of a backdoor pilot for it. Uh, Rosario Dawson coming back as Ahsoka in a new story that will be set in the timeline of The Mandalorian. So we will see this series either starting off or picking up with or leaving off with where we've already seen her in Mandalorian season two. Which also the end of rebels, was it rebels or the end of, it was the end of rebels where she um, is going after to help find Ezra Mm -hmm. because Thrawn has taken her. Yes. That, that jumps into the future. So it probably is this, this time period, I believe for that. Right. Which I'm yeah. cool with it filling in those gaps. I'm also cool if we just kind of jump in with Ahsoka where we've already seen her now. Like, she's on the trail of Thrawn. Maybe we get a live action Sabine from there on out. Maybe we just get flashbacks to like her and Sabine. I don't know, but I'm, I'm looking forward to more of this. Like, why the hell not? Like, it was a great episode. It's a great character. I want more. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, Something that people have been crying for more of for the past, like, 20 years, though, is Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. We already knew we were getting an Obi-Wan series, but announced at Fandom, I mean, the Disney investors call, uh, Hayden Christensen coming back to play Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader again, uh, confirmed that this series will be taking place 10 years after... Star Wars Episode 3. So both of them will kind of now be settled in their roles as outcast protector and Dark Lord of the Sith, head of the the Empire. Uh, thoughts on that? Because Hayden Christensen coming back was kind of a big call. And people had been assuming he was going to be coming back in the sequel trilogy because... He hadn't been appearing at stuff like Star Wars Celebration, but they had seen him heading into like Lucasfilm territory. Um, can we now just assume that it was, you know, in talks for this role since he didn't appear, or do you think it was something else? And then he he did do one of the he did do one of the Jedi voices. He did his voice in the end of uh, at the end of the movie. True. True. Uh, are you looking 
more forward to Obi-Wan now that this has been announced or the same amount or less? From what I heard, like he was in the Darth Vader suit at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> so he might be reprising his role in the suit. Well, yeah, they said he will be back as like Vader. So yeah. this, and it's 10 years after that. So he will be. And to answer your question, it hasn't changed my excitedness for it. I'm still looking forward to the Obi-Wan. If Vader, if Hayden, Hayden Christensen was going to be Vader in it. Cool. If not, and somebody else is going to play Vader. I'm fine with that. It's just a guy in a suit. The only thing that I thought was funny of this is I saw that uh, Hayden Christensen's daughter just found out that her father was Darth Vader. Uh. <laughs> uh, well, see, but that's the thing. Like, it's just like, you're an actor? I, I'm excited for him to get the chance to step back into this role and then have somebody else handle the directing and writing of it. Because I, I think he's a fine actor as he is and maybe he just wasn't being directed the right way on the prequel movies. So I... <laughs> Come on! I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, something else to look forward to is another confirmed Mandalorian timeline spinoff show and this is Rangers of the New Republic. This was the first of like the new new things announced because people had been assuming we would get an Ahsoka show and we already knew about Obi-Wan. Uh, this one very light on any kind of information about it. Um, Paul, you haven't had a chance to catch up on Mandalorian yet, have you? Okay. John, Woo-hoo. you and I have, so we're going to try to talk about that as much as possible without spoiling things for Paul. Do you think it will be involving the character that we see kind of get the badge on the planet and then the other character that we see go on the job with them from the last episode to the facility. Cause I would watch yeah. the shit out of that show. Yeah. I think it is going to be a lot of that. I hope so. Cause Chris. I, they did something that I didn't think that they would be able to do because I don't remember the name of the episode, but the episode where it's, you know, him with the old gang and they have to ransack that prison ship and he leaves everybody behind. I hate it. Oh, you hate him. You, you're you supposed hate, to hate You're supposed to. But then there's like those moments where they're infiltrating the base and he's like, Yo, you, you got to do what you got to do. And then, Paul, again, I'm going to try to do this without you knowing. You see that that break in him and you're just like, oh, I... They Steve from Stranger Things did so well. We're like, I don't want to like this character, but goddamn, if I don't like this character, yeah, no, I uh, absolutely, Chris, I hundred percent agree. And that's when I talked to people about the episode after that. I was like, I mean, they did a great job because you like you, you do, you walk out liking them. I started liking them. I think almost it was probably right when he came on the screen. See, when they're, they're kinda, when they're on the road, I'm like, okay. Well, that's when it seals it. But like when he's just like in the prison, like he's in the prison thing, and he's like, eh. so, I'm and, sorry, and he's, sorry, Paul. I know you haven't watched it, but it's really there. Uh, Paul, then, take your headphones off for a second. No, but then. 
No, Paul, you know that's not going to happen. But that even, even then at the end, when, when he's like, I'm, cause I'm gonna. <laughs> I was like, oh, you, <laughs> you scamp. Um, uh, no, I, I, I do agree. Yeah, it definitely, I would definitely see that. I watch that show. I really hope so. Um, we got a little bit more talk about another Disney Plus announced show, uh, the Cassian Andor show, which we now know is just called Andor. Uh, we didn't get an actual trailer, but we got what's basically just a sizzle reel with Diego Luna talking about the series and just how much it means to him, like coming back. And then we got some behind the scenes stuff and concept art. Uh, I loved Rogue One, and I think he was one of the most interesting parts of Rogue One. And I'm really happy that we're getting to see more of this character's life because I I like that side of the rebellion. Just like, no, there's people out there like doing the wet work stuff. Like, let's focus on that. It's not all hope and farm boys, you know. And right now, um, it only says because I was looking up. Um, Alan Tudyk's got a new show coming out on Sci-Fi called Resident Alien where he's a alien who's crash landed and has assumed the identity of a doctor who then gets mixed up into a serial killer. They're using him as a doctor to help diagnose what killed the people. And, but he's really an alien and he doesn't know that much about human biology. And it looks, it looks hilarious. Okay. Is it but, supposed to be a comedy? Because yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's not, it's, it's definitely supposed to be a comedy. Right. I know, it's a huge concept. But when I was looking up things about that, it only showed, and I didn't look any further, but only one episode of him being credited so far in the Andor show. Mm. That's where I was getting it. Oh, maybe we get to see the meeting. Yeah, which would be cool. Yeah, which... And it might happen right at, who knows, right at the end or yeah. something. Uh, thought, thoughts on Andor before I move on to the next one? Uh, been pumped. If it's Billy, if it's Billy D. William or uh, Donald Glover. Well, and then the, the that's the rumor is it's going to be both, where it will be Billy D. Lando looking back in his life, but then you're going to actually see Donald Glover or Lando living out those adventures. Which sign me up again. Like I really enjoyed Solo. It's not my favorite Star Wars movie. It's not my least favorite, but I think Donald Glover is just one of those charismatic people that whenever you see him in something, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I I like that guy. Like, Give me more. And him as Lando just fits so well. Uh, but yeah, even if this is, again, like an event series, like you only do four episodes maybe, I'm on board for it. I really dug the Lando comic that we got from Marvel a couple years ago now. Uh, seeing more Lando is never a bad thing. No, no, I'm looking forward to it uh, 100%. And yeah, I, I can see this is another one of those event things. They're going to sink a little bit more money in it. It's not going to be 10 episodes, four episodes, but they're going to be beautiful looking and nicely expensive. But also, like, if they're doing these movies the same way they did The Mandalorian with that screen technology, I mean, they can make these things so quick and e- like easy now, which it makes sense to do it like that what oh yeah no but no 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 but it makes it makes it they're not traveling they're not 
packing everything up, traveling to a location, filming that location, bad weather, sandstorm, yeah. can't do this, rain, weather, all these things. Yeah. All all those all those things, you're doing it on a set and it looks it looks like you're at a physical location. Like that's what I'm saying. Like when you do things out in the open, there's a million things that can go wrong. I mean, what was it? Uh, uh, I can't think of it. Like, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, no, uh, but hurricanes, uh, flash floods, mudslides, like all those things. Mass all those things area. can happen and destroy sets, destroy film, destroy all those things. So. Uh, yeah. So just no, but I was thinking of actual examples, but I couldn't think of the complete movies. side conversation. Paul, have you been listening to the uh, Jim Hill podcast? Still, recently they did one where they were talking about um, the crate dragon. Uh, did you hear the one that they talked about when Lucas was actually back in Tunisia filming? Yeah, because there was a sandstorm, so everything got buried where they were at on set. So they're just like, oh, the dragon skeleton's around here somewhere. Let's go see if we can find it. And one day during, like, the late 1990s, George Lucas and, like, four people just went out into the dunes of Tunisia to find where they had filmed, like, the original scene with the uh, great dragon skeleton flung over a dune. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's still here. Cool. They just left it. Uh, but yeah, awesome, awesome, fun story. And, you know, I'm looking forward to Lando, whatever that series actually winds up being. Um, any more thoughts on Lando before we move into the next one? No. And I mean, I, I think just something quickly we can we can talk about, because you mentioned it, is Mandalorian Season 3. Like they mentioned, that's going to be a thing. So yeah. no, no, no surprises at all. Especially because yeah. you figure last year when we had the launch of Disney Plus and Mandalorian was already like such a big thing, John Favreau had put up the concept art of the Gamorrean Guard, which we wind up seeing the very first episode of season two. But that was confirming, like, hey, season two is coming. They were already working on it. Once everything shut down at the beginning of this year, they were just like. Nope, this isn't going to affect us at all. We already got enough stuff shot. Like, we're good to go. And here we are now. Like, at the time of recording this, like, final episodes coming out in two days. I'm okay with my uh, Star Wars having a little bit of breathing room because we will finally be getting some of those Marvel shows coming out. But, I mean, more. And once you throw in, like, animated series and actual movies, um, but the next thing that they had already previously announced, but we actually got to see a trailer of, was the Star Wars Clone Wars spinoff show, The Bad Batch. And back during quarantine, when I was stuck at home, I actually started re-watching The Clone Wars from the beginning. Because they had announced the final season coming out on Disney+. Plus. I kind of cheated, because I wanted to see how Clone Wars ended. So I gave up on my rewatch, but then I skipped the beginning of the final season just to watch the end of it because I want to see the Ahsoka story, obviously. Uh, so I'm not too familiar with the Bad Batch, but I do look forward to finishing off Clone Wars proper 
seeing it and then getting into this new spinoff series, which they do tease Fennec Shand from Mandalorian making an appearance. It's probably just going to be one of those like random one-off episodes where they cross paths with her. Like they like to do on stuff like Clone Wars and Rebels, but it's that kind of broadening of the galaxy and giving more credence to those characters that people like in the other media. Uh, I think this is a worthwhile addition because Clone Wars and Rebels, they have their fans. Uh, yeah, and this, um, I mean, the trailer looks really cool. Bad Batch. Paul, Paul they already have that because they already have that. Rex. Basically, you like Stormtroopers, you're like, oh yeah, Rex is fucking dope. <laughs> like, that's all you need. Yeah. Here, looking at you, Cody. No, it's just, I mean, it was in the same vein as what you guys have said, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's the, the, the breakout characters, people who are actually, like, good at what they do, and this group coming together. I think it looks really good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's valid. I haven't played any of the Star Wars games since Battlefront 2, and I mean the original Battlefront 2 on PS2. I mean, I've heard good good things about um, Squadrons and uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Thank you. Um, Battlefront, I heard mixed things about. So I... I don't know, but I like the idea of those games existing. And who knows, maybe this new era of Star Wars media will usher in a new era of Star Wars games where that kind of pickup, like team-based thing can exist again. Because I I would play it. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. Uh, And it kind of makes me think of like Kelly's Heroes or like one of those... 19, you know, the 1960 army movies where, like, oh, we got the shoot sharpshooter here. We got the guy who can blow anything up here. And, like, we're going to go do a case. What? We're going to free the city. It's the 18. <laughs> I'll find you. I'm just saying, if we get, like, a Star Wars, like... Bad Batch, like, Predator thing, where they're on a planet together, like, hunting an alien that's hunting them. I wouldn't be mad at that either. Uh, but we had two other animated things being announced at this, too. Uh, first being Star Wars Visions, which is going to be a series of animated shorts, all done by different Japanese anime directors. Which I think is an interesting idea. I've watched some of the Star Wars A Galaxy of of adventure shorts that they put up on YouTube where it's kind of like the retelling of the original star Wars story, but kind of with that updated somewhat anime flair. And I think those are kind of cool. Uh, the big thing I've heard this compared to is kind of what the Wachowskis did with the animatrix years ago when they were in the midst of doing the matrix trilogy. And I think that's probably pretty apt where it's, outside creators coming into a world just telling quick bite stories um actually i completely forgot but there was a batman one of those too there was like a one of those dc direct batman samurai yeah it was like all short shorts but again something i'll watch but this is gonna be one of those things that i might just have on in the background while i'm thinking about what i actually want to watch next it would be something i would check out but i'm not kicking down any doors to see it 
but I would watch it. And like, yeah. sometimes those things are, can be amazingly done. Like I know like the Chronicles of Riddick did an anime that was, takes place before like the Chronicles of Riddick movie. And everybody says it was better than the actual Chronicles of Riddick movie. To those people, I say and even, hush your mouth. Cause I haven't watched it, but I'm assuming like nothing could be better than like pitch black. Like, no, it's it's the movie that takes place after Pitch Black. Oh. The second movie. Oh. But, yeah, which is, I believe that movie is called Chronicles of Riddick. Because Pitch Black was first, then Chronicles. Okay. Pitch Black was first, then Chronicles of Riddick. So the cartoon came out at the same time as the movie, but took place before the second movie, Chronicles of Riddick. Yes. But even like the Animatrix, people said are, were were really good. I never watched I it, actually, but people said they were really good. I I think I got that one from Blockbuster because I think that was the time when that was still a thing. Because I remember actually enjoying the Matrix at that point, so it must have been before the second Matrix came out. Well, it if you didn't, it explained stuff that happened in the second movie. And some of the villains too. I think it explains some. Yeah, of they them. had like, like the, the, ghost, the those yeah, ghost, the ghost dudes and the, the two the two brother. The other animated thing that we had announced was actually an animated movie, and this one will be starring a new droid who is being sent on a secret mission by R two D two and C three PO. No reference to what time in uh, the Star Wars canon this this is going to be taking place. My initial thoughts were. What could this be, Dio? Are they going to try to do something with that new droid that they introduced in Rise of Skywalker? Or do you think it's going to be brand new droid, previously unseen? And if it is, why should it be the droid that I created for my birthday at Star Wars Galaxy Edge, <laughs> uh, B3NJ1, a.k.a. Benji? Uh, well, I don't have an answer to that part of your question, Chris, but... I did, in my research, find that uh, the mission that they send him on is to get a gold color leg for C-3PO, mm. but then he just comes back with a red arm and it really screws everything up. We read the comic book where it turns out why he got that red arm, John. Uh, Paul, thoughts on a, a droid story? No, that and Visions, I put on things that I will watch, but I'm not going to be counting down the days. Like, this isn't going to be a, holy crap, a droid story is coming out this day as soon as I get home from work. Man, I can't wait. It'll be like, oh, this is something for me to watch on my next day off when I'm cleaning my apartment kind of viewing. I, I think this is kind of a good time to mention something that did happen, but we didn't do news, so we didn't really talk about this too much, where... A lot of directors and producers came out recently with the announcement that everything that Warner Brothers was going to be doing is going just straight to HBO Max. And there were a lot of people that were like, no, like, this is bad. This is kind of just undercutting what we do as cinema. You're just putting it out there. Like, there's care. There's things that need to be done for people to see it how we're meant to, like, see it. I like the fact that Disney was kind of saying like, no, like this will be Disney plus. Then we have things that will be in theater. still. they're not just saying like, Oh, it's all Disney plus baby. They still do have stuff that will be coming out in theaters. But again, worth mentioning, these are things that will be coming out two, three years from now too. So 
Hopefully by then we're in a better situation. No, I say I learned more about Patty Jenkins in that like three minutes than I ever knew about her previously. So I, I'm actually jazzed for this. Yeah, and uh, and she also said that, like you know her father passed away in a in a in a plane, and um, she's making this because she wants to make the best dogfight airplane movie you can and this is the best way for her to do it and you know she's been around forever i mean she's she was one of the guiding voices for a lot of um uh oh what's his name that did titanic and james cameron uh james cameron that i mean patty jenkins was his his wife for a long time till he divorced her for Mm -hmm. yeah um. Yeah. Uh, no, but she's she's done a lot of good movies. She's produced a lot of good movies. Um. But most of the time, James Cameron was like, she'd help him get a movie going, and then he'd have it like release right before her movie, and it was always a little bit bigger because he's an asshole. No, just the the promise of this movie kind of got me hyped because I didn't. Had we heard any kind of rumors or rumblings that she was going to be doing something for Star Wars, or was this kind of just? I think this was is. totally out of left field. The, um, but yeah, uh, Rogue Squadrons. I'm excited for this one. Like, no matter when it takes place in that Star Wars timeline, like this, I think this will be cool. I think this is going to be like my new Rogue One kind of like top tier, like just. I don't want to say fun because Rogue One is kind of a downer, but just that great standalone movie. Like, just have it take place somewhere in the saga. You know how things begin, you know how things end, but you're just so invested in that team that you're you're seeing. Something that I think is going to be super rich and uh, a treat to the senses. We're getting our first actual Sith property with the Acolyte, and this is being headed by Russian doll creator uh, Leslie Headland, and this is going to be focusing on the rise of the dark side during the end of the High Republic. So, kind of, maybe pseudo-tying into the High Republic stuff that we were supposed to already be getting by now, like with the comics and the junior novels and the novels. I... Okay. I, I'll, I'll gladly pick those up, because I'm really intrigued in this time of the Jedi like it it's so interesting and to actually finally get like a full-blown Sith story during that we don't know too much about it besides just when it's taking place and who's heading it up but there's already rumblings taking place that this is gonna maybe focus on uh, Darth Plagueis we're probably not gonna wind up talking about any of the Hulu or FX stuff, but they did also announce stuff like Handmaid's Tale and Always Sunny in Philadelphia coming back. Uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia signed on for four more seasons, making it the longest-running live-action sitcom in history, which, good on them, because I haven't watched it in, like, the past, I think, two years, Um, but they still got it, like, and they have kind of grown and adapted that show. Like, going back and watching those earlier seasons, it's kind of cringy now because it's like ooh like they they said some stuff now that you couldn't get away with but you can see how over time they have kind of grown and adapted to those characters where they're still terrible 
but they're ultimately not as hateful, I guess. Yeah. Chris, if you think about it, you were drink you were dating Jess and I was dating Lisa. Jeez. When that show came out. That's crazy. Okay. That's that's fine. Yeah. Uh something else we kind of touched on before but <clears throat> didn't really get any more talk about was the untitled Taika Waititi Star Wars project where it was confirmed yes he is working on something for Star Wars to which he replied on his Twitter oh I'm doing Star Wars can't wait to ruin another franchise like again Taika Waititi just having fun with things uh whatever it is I I look forward to that one too cuz He's he's proven himself just with stuff like Thor Ragnarok and then the episodes of uh, Star Wars Mandalorian that he's worked on. Like he's he's got it. Like you can look at his older works, like What We Do in Shadows, Hunt for the Wilder People, and like and think like, oh, it's quirky, it's weird. No, he can handle a big budget franchise and he can do it well. So yeah, give that boy a yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> John, your top two. Uh. <laughs> uh it's I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be the Casio Andor number one. Lando number two and I think maybe the Acolyte number three. Hmm. Uh my top three Ahsoka Tano number one number two I think it's going to be the Acolyte. And then number three, uh, Rogue Squadron. It's, it's going to, I'm just looking forward to that. Like just throwing it back to the scene in, um, Revenge of the Sith. When you get Palpatine talking to like Anakin and he's just like, Oh, like, you know what he's doing. Oh, let me tell you the tragedy of Dark Plagueis the Wise. Like, you see him outlining things, but it's just that subtle manipulation that I I want to see someone else, like, falling, getting turned, and then just more destruction of the Jedi Order. I don't know. Maybe that's just what makes me happy. But we have three other things that they mentioned over at Lucasfilm is coming out. Uh, again, we already knew Indiana Jones 5. This one, just kicking the can further down the road. Uh, Harrison Ford coming back, and they did confirm like, he will be the only person playing Indy. So, confirmed. Yeah, no no passing the baton. Uh, directed by James Mangold. But yeah, outside that, we're still getting Indiana Jones number five. Thoughts? Do, do we need this? Yeah, but this could be what we wanted from that fourth one like i I, i'm unless they make i think so unless they make this like indiana jones logan where you're just seeing a man so beaten down just like trying to get through like the world i don't don't know war crimes yeah war crimes (laughs) stealing artifacts um something else that had been talked about previously but we are getting the sequel to willow done as a series not necessarily a movie done by crazy rich asians director john Wu with warwick davis returning i i've seen the original willow i don't remember 
any of it. John, I think you are the Resident Willow fan? Uh, yeah, I I super love Willow. I enjoy it. Uh, I've, I don't know, I've seen it probably like 20 times, if not more. Um, but also, like, I'm, I'm interested to see because Willow was meant to be like a trilogy. And when it wasn't successful at the theaters, I believe they came out with books um they kind of took place and what's nice is like the books that you follow the the child that willow is protecting in that so in the books you actually follow her as an adult so yeah so you follow her more as an adult with um willow with her as someone who helped raise her so like the time that's passed it makes sense because now Warwick Davis is actually an older man because he was like 19 when he made that movie. I, I have to go back and watch Willow, guys, because I have nothing else to add to this conversation. It's good. It's fun. I mean, the special effects barely hold up, but they're fun, you know? But also, I, I mean, Ron Howard's been wanting to do this for a while, too, so I guess it's... I guess it's okay. I, I would agree. Um... Paul, just watch those last Mandalorians so we can talk about them. Because <laughs> the the fact that the guy that did the the weird now it's 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 a downer. But the fact that the guy that did the weird Jawas eating the hairy egg episode did the last one with the the base th- those feel completely different. But I still really like them both. Um, I'm planning on waking up early on Friday to watch it. Uh, I'm going to have to watch it after I get home from work. Yeah, this is actually something that I hadn't heard of before. I've never read the book, but it sounds pretty interesting. Um, it's focused on a character who's attempting to restore magic to her culture where it's been outlawed and... It's based off of it's um, like West African folklore and mythology. I think it sounds really interesting. Again, I don't have a lot to add to this just because I've never read the books, but it's supposed to be drawing inspiration from stuff like Harry Potter, which is my jam. And then like um, it sounds like like his uh, Dark Materials kind of things, where it's you know like kids like rising up, taking the power. I don't know. Um, this could be really cool. I'm, I'm going to have to do a little bit more research because I hadn't heard of it previously, like I said. But then once I like heard the announcement, for it, I was like, okay, like that's that sounds like it could be a future jam. Yeah. I, the, the only thing I'd have to worry about is Disney's track record with these. You know, the, the um, Narnia... I enjoyed them. weren't well received. Wrinkle in Time. Oh, which, let, let me ask my friend, Mister Tumnus, did you like it? And for those of What's for that? those of you listening, I switched my background on the Zoom call to a shot of Mister Tumnus talking to Lucy by the by the lamp post. Yeah, that was a, a Walden Media, and then it was distributed by Disney. But then I think Disney bought the rights or bought Walden because they. Walden also had done Bridge to Terabithia. Um, 
But yeah, I I like the Chronicles of Narnia movies. They're not great, but I don't think they could ever be the next Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Like just on their own. I know those books are classics, but they just don't stand to the same level of storytelling and fiction. Sorry, hot take. I said it. No, I would agree. I, I uh, fully agree. As someone who, I don't know how many times I've read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, but also like Wrinkle in Time, which I really enjoyed as a kid. And Paul, your wife loves. Um, that. I still haven't watched that movie. That, it's it's not it's not great. It's I think the actors and the directors the actors did a, as good of a job as they could, but it just it just was missing a spark, and it just uh, it felt just a little flat. Some something that doesn't fall flat is our next and final beer for this episode. And this is coming out of the 12 Beers of Christmas pack from Clown Shoes Brewing. And this is the One Man Holiday. And this is a Belgian quadruple ale, sitting at 8% ABV. Uh, They refer to this as rich and malty, full of dark, ripe fruit sweetness. Unlike most beers in the pack, you'll be hard-pressed to find any hop flavor here. Which I think some of the other ones don't really have like an overly hoppiness to it. But when I saw this was a quad, I was kind of surprised that this wasn't one of the higher ABVs in the box. Because I assumed it would have been more than eight. Especially because this is pretty flavorful. I don't like it at all. Really? Um, It just, there's... um, No, this, I mean, this... It tastes like a quad. It delivers those flavors that Chris recommended. Some of those heavy Belgians, quads, sometimes doubles, I just don't have the palate for them anymore. And this is someone who lo- I uh, love Belgian beers. When my wife was like, you can go anywhere on our honeymoon, where would you go? I said Belgium. Like, there's breweries that I have to go to over there it's the only time i'm ever going to go to europe i want to go to to belgium and this just is it's just it's just not landing right no i've been no i know but i never expected to go again uh so then if i got my my pick i i would go to belgium don't be jealous, Paul. I'm a world. Tra- I'm, a, I'm a world traveler. What can I say? Uh, no, I, I don't think fundam- fundamentally. I don't think there's anything really wrong with this beer. I just don't like it. There's there's plenty of there's plenty of there's plenty of Belgian beers that are rated very high that people say are some of the best beers that I don't, I don't like. And it's just, I, I don't know if I just blew my palate out or my taste buds on those because I drank a lot of them and it was my beer of choice for a long time. Or I just got really, really sick off of drinking a brother Thelonious that 
no Belgian beer that's deep and dark and has these flavors just sit right with me. Hmm. Well, Paul, I said uh, I really like this one. You really like this one too? Because this is probably my favorite out of like the three that we've done. So, power ranking quick uh, before we head into the next section. This one, uh, One Man Holiday, then Eagle Clawfist, the IPA that we had second, and then Chocolate Sombrero at the back end for me. Uh, I would do Eagle Clawfist number one. I would do the Sombrero because I, I'm, I don't love it. But I could drink it. Um, and then the Belgian, my number three, because I just, I, I, I've literally only taken like three sips out of it. Like, I just can't do it. And yeah, yeah, yeah you're I'm, almost I'm done with it. And, I, I'm really enjoying this one. But I would say that the Belgian beer is a better constructed and fits what that beer should taste like and be like better than the sombrero the sombrero is just so middle of the road that i could drink it where this is well done in the fact that i don't want to drink it because i don't i don't like it i don't like those <laughs> oh uh, uh, thank you uh, uh, there. yeah we did a that, really great that was really joke. good from where i was sitting where <laughs> paul handed the beer to the camera and then john took it away wow i'm <laughs> Mm. Yeah, give give me money, money uh, if, please. If anyone was just like, "Can I sit in on a on a Skype call with you guys?" We'd probably just say, "Yeah." yeah. Like, but you have to, you have you to send us it. beer first, and you'll drink it with us. And we did do we did do um, with Texas Wingnut Jonathan. Uh, we did a show with him. He won our uh, bracket. He won the bracket the previous year. And the bracket was never the same after that. Mm. He, I think it's because he won. I don't know. I think he, he won twice. <laughs> but that's going to head us into our next section, which we're a comic book podcast. It's only fitting that we actually talk about the comic book movies and TV show announcements that came out of this. But that's going to head us into the Marvel Studios section of the Investor Call. And... I don't have this set up in any kind of specific way, so if you guys want to jump in with something else that kind of caught your attention, that's cool. But the very first thing I wanted to talk about was the first thing that we'll actually be getting from Marvel Studios with we got the final trailer for WandaVision. Where we got to see a little bit more of Wanda and Vision coming back. Some of the same footage we saw previously, but a little bit more expanded upon. I think this might be the current Marvel Studios thing that I'm most excited for now because so much of this other stuff's like much further down the road. Uh, it seems like the Disney Plus stuff is actually going to be the first things that we actually wind up getting. Uh, yeah, WandaVision, you definitely have my attention now. Uh, I mean, I've been looking forward to WandaVision, I think, since... I'd say getting close to when we first got that first trailer and we were getting information about what the show was going to be. 
because I did think it was a very interesting take on it. And we had just also read um, the Tom King vision book. So it has definitely feels like it's taking some elements from that. It's definitely something I'm looking forward to, especially since it's been over a year since we've gotten anything Marvel. And this is our first Marvel thing we're getting. So I'm looking forward to it in that aspect as well. Um, But no, I think it's a really interesting concept. It's completely different from really what they've done before with the movies. And uh, I am looking forward to it. And I am looking forward to this kicking off the rest of the TV series that we're going to get. Well, and then TV series and movies, because it seems like now that everything's done in-house... Marvel's going to be handling everything. It's no longer going to be like Marvel Studios and then Marvel Television. It's basically just Marvel's doing everything. So you're not going to have that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they can reference things. It seems like stuff will much more be playing into what's happening, which is about damn time. Yeah, because I was going to be moving on to the next one, which seems to be the next... Marvel piece that we'll be seeing in March because we have an official date for uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier March 15th. Finally, we get a release date for this after they've been able to come back and finish filming. Uh, and we also got a new trailer for it as well, which this was originally the one that I was most excited for, but it was really built off the fact that I enjoyed seeing these two characters interact with each other um, during Captain America Civil War. And I wanted more of that, our best friends, best friends with you, uh, now we're in contention. And I kind of like that mutual, like, why are you friends with Paul kind of thing? Um, <laughs> but you still get some glimpses of that. I just want to see more of what the actual big story for it's going to be, because now there are rumors coming out that this will be based off of some of the Captain America Truth Red, White, and Black series where Sam's learning just the history of the Captain America program. And now he has to live with that on top of the pressure of being Captain America. And if they do go down that route, I I think that's going to be a real compelling story. Which we are recording this on December 16th. Not 1991, but this is the day to ask for your mission reports, everybody. Uh, also, I mean, you get a, just a, a quick glimpse of USA Agent as well, who's probably going to have some part in it as as well. So I think you got a lot going on. You do have kind of some spy elements. You're going to have, I mean, you got that awesome uh, uh, Independence Day the, flight the with... Uh, the chasing through those canyons. Um, I think we saw. I think, it's gonna, I think we saw some of that in the first trailer for it, but now you actually get to see more of the actual chase with uh, Sam going through it. And there's a whole lot of Sam in this trailer, and I'm I'm there for it. And I think I think I would have been more excited for this movie had I watched the trail or the show had I watched the trailer before I watched the Loki one because I watched that Loki trailer first and I was like, this is the thing I'm most excited. Well, don't worry. That's, that's next on the list. So Paul, we got 
our first actual full look at the upcoming Loki series too, though. And this is something that people have been really looking forward to. Uh, it It's a Loki series where Loki is kind of time rovering around history. It looks like uh, it seems pretty fun, but it's the, it's not the series that I wanted, but it never was going to be. Because even when they announced everything coming out, and they're like, and a Loki series, and I was like, oh, okay. Because Falcon Winter Soldier was always going to be like my top tier, and then Hawkeye was below that, and then WandaVision. Power rankings changed a little bit, but ultimately Loki's still on the bottom, but this does look pretty interesting. I mean, you have Loki jumping out of an airplane, like D.B. Cooper. You have a Time Bandits-esque like his men turning on him and he's brought all these people from all different centuries together. He's all ratty looking. Uh, he's imprisoned by the time, you know, he's, the time. He's police. got like, Owen Wilson with him. Wow. Uh, I don't know. Like this trailer, I think, I think I was a little like you were Chris, like, Oh, this could be interesting and good. I watched this trailer and I was like, I am down. I, I love the look of this. I really want to see where this all goes. A hundred percent. Like, yep, this is this is what I want right now. I don't know because I feel like I, that could be the ultimate crux of the the series. But we're already getting an alternate universe Loki because it's confirmed that this is the Loki that escaped from Endgame with the Tesseract. So that's fine. Like, that's cool we kind of already knew and expected that that's where the series was going to be going. Maybe unless that's the out of history Tesseract. So Loki now has it, but then there's another one. I don't That that was the end game plot thread. Yeah. But he could have, they could have gotten that other one from like the shield base and then put that one back where it came from. So there's like that other branch that's coming off of the time stream from the ancient one now. And that could be what's ultimately leading us into the multiverse of madness because, well, you know, you, you didn't fix everything. Now you're getting Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. So for other uh, stuff that had previously been announced on Disney Plus and then we got a little bit of news about, it's mostly just kind of mentionings. There's nothing like really big or earth shattering coming out. Um, Hawkeye, that's going to be a, a show. They officially confirmed Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, which we already knew that because a week and a half ago, we already got set photos of her and Jeremy Renner and Pete's dog running around, all carrying bows. So, yeah, we we knew that. Uh, any thoughts on Hawkeye? I don't know. I don't know how they can make my Hawkeye, which is the Matt Fraction Hawkeye, with Jeremy Renner with the family that he had and everything and coming out of retirement. So I kind of want this maybe to be something that's a split universe. It's a Hawkeye that doesn't have the family. And that would explain why he has like, they, I think they show him with like the hearing aid in. So that's a way to show it's a different Hawkeye. I don't know, but I I'm interested to see this. I love seeing Kate Bishop. I love seeing Hawkeye. I love seeing pizza dog. Like, 
Chris, I mean, I think you sent a thing to the group, like with the picture, like Pizza Dog, and we talked about it. I was more excited for confirmation of Pizza Dog than actually like Kate Bishop, who's I don't want to say one of my favorite like current Marvel universe characters, but ever since Young Avengers from Kieran Gillen and uh, Jamie McKelvey came out, I was like, yeah, this just a fun, cool character. And then we got that Matt Fraction, David Aja Hawkeye book with the Hawkeyes, and I was like. Yeah, like this is a legacy character that needs to be focused on in the world because they just play off each other so well. Yeah, and that's the thing that you need that Hawkeye to be a little bit of a loser. And the Hawkeye with the family isn't a loser. Yeah, but you haven't been portrayed that way in eight years of movies. Yeah, you're. Yeah, but Paul, you've always been the loser. Yeah, you're already the loser. Hawkeye isn't a loser in the movies. I don't know. They they haven't schlubbed him up like the comic book universe has. But a lot of that, I think, was due to the fact that Jeremy Renner coming back to that role was like, no, I want to have stuff to do. Like, I want to be important. So, like, okay, like, we'll focus on you and your secret family and history that, you know, nobody else knew about. That was like the concession that they made to have him come back to it. And now I, I do get what you're saying, John, like, cause yeah, Hawkeye in MCU is fairly well put together, even though he was a little bit unhinged during Endgame, but that's also just because, he thought he had lost everybody at that point and just kind of went off the deep end. Now he's got everybody back. Like, how do you break him down again to get him to that? Like, oh, I'm, I'm thrown out of a window. It's okay, guys. I have an Avengers membership card. Like, I know I know Captain America. We're cool. Like, it, it's there's a disconnect. He does He does say that, how am I supposed to go back to my family, you know, but the other point is, is you see him go back to his family and then it's not the schlubby, you know, Hawkeye that we have in the comic books. It's the guy that walks away from his family because he's too damaged to then take on an apprentice. Like you need in the comic book that Matt Fraction wrote, the thing that kept Hawkeye more on a straight and narrow was the fact that he needed to live up to some ideal that Kate Bishop had for him, that Kate Bishop thought that he was good enough to do. And how can you as a viewer watching that assume that he can do that as a guy who walked away from his family, the fact that he thought he lost his family and then becomes the Punisher as now someone you're going to follow again, you're going to follow him being the goofy loser. Like, there's no, I don't see a way for that to happen. And that's my problem with it. I'd rather it be another uni- another universe's Hawkeye because you want Hawkeye to have that happy ending. If he is somebody who left his family or his family left him, it's hard to come back and follow a goofy, fun adventure with that guy. There could be a way for them to tell that story but it's interesting and it might be hard because they did make 
again, him having that family that nobody else knew about besides Natasha, like, such a crux for the character that if they don't acknowledge it, it just seems like a disservice to that MCU character while costing the comics version of Hawkeye because it's it's such a great run. I think that's collectively just like one of our favorite like comic books. I go back every year on my birthday and read one of those trades. I've read probably the first one a couple times, but it's one of those things like I have that like that afternoon on my birthday, like I'm going to sit out with a cup of coffee and read one of those Matt Fraction trades because I did it one year like on my birthday. I sat down and read it and was like, man, I love this book. I want to do this every year. That was one of... One of the things I was most looking forward to. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely be watching this show. Uh, much I'm going to be watching the next one that, again, had been previously announced. We got a sizzle reel for it, but not a lot of new information. But Miss Marvel. We already knew Miss um, Marvel was going to be coming to the Disney Plus Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Iman Vellani appearing as Kamala Khan. But we finally get to see a little bit of footage about it. And then just um, the editor, uh, uh, Sana Amat, who, if you guys have watched Marvel 616 yet, I don't know. Uh, no. Like, she's basically the focus of, I think, like the second or third episode. Awesome story. Recommend checking it out. Um, but yeah, again, just solidification that, yes, Miss Marvel's coming. We are taking the care at bringing this character to the masses because... She's a worthwhile addition to the the Marvel Universe. And also mentioning that, yes, like she will play a role in the also further down the road Captain Marvel 2 movie, which we knew would be coming eventually, but now officially, yes, confirmed. I am looking for I am looking forward to this. I I think it was nice for them to tease things with that character. She's with that young gentleman, like you didn't see any of the power stuff. You don't know if it's Terrigen Mist or what they're going to do with it. But I'm interested to see this because I think it just really... We all enjoyed that that comic book. I mean, that first trade, two trades worth that we read, um, I think was really, really fantastic. And the fact that that came out uh, four years ago, you know, it's, it's, been, it's so... Been a bit, yeah. It's really but it's still super recent and then them to say like this is a character that was popular enough that people really like that we need to make a show of her i'm yeah exactly it's a it's it's uh it's another sean that that arc was six years ago now because it came out in 2014 yeah so uh Still pretty good. No, I mean, yeah, it doesn't, I, that's it pretty doesn't close change, when I said four years. It doesn't but, change what you said, but wow, that was. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, she's like one of the lead characters in the Champions book. Like, she's. She seemed like the. I mean, I think I read maybe the first five issues of the Champions book. I, I, however many you picked up, Chris. I think, yeah, it was probably about like a half dozen. But she was kind of like the heart and soul of that book. And she, in her own book, she was pretty much like that heart and soul of 
of that book. Like she just has a really great, she's a really great character. And I'm glad that they're showing her respect. I'm glad they're showing her heritage respect. And they brought in some great, uh, great directors and writers and everything who are going to respect her as a character and her religion and everything else with that. I, I think it's going to be great. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing that character that I really loved come to life with, uh, with it, with an actress who seems like she can do it because she was unanimously picked, you know, uh, someone else that you love that's going to be brought to life, Moon Knight. They again confirmed we're going to be getting a Moon Knight show. Nothing else about this, and I think just the announcement that Oscar Isaac's was cast as Mark Spector before kind of just took the wind out of this announcement. Like if they had announced it here, that would have been what we're talking about. But we talked about it two weeks ago now here on the show. Yeah, we're still getting a Moon Knight show. Nothing changed. Previously, when asked about She-Hulk, Mark Ruffalo was like, oh, yeah, I think it would be great to be a part of that. He will be in it. And I just think now, like, having Tim Roth as Abomination. Okay, yes, that does tie it more into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the franchise. I just don't want this to be too much She-Hulk smash. I want a good balance of that courtroom Jen Walters that we got from the Dan Slott books alongside, like, the She-Hulk smash. And something else that will be happening, we kind of knew about this before. Uh, we were getting a Nick Fury series over on Disney+. Plus, But now we know it's actually going to be uh, Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn, Scroll Bros, teaming up. Secret Invasion, which I think could be a fun story. We don't know too many of the details, but if this is... You know, Nick Fury and Talos kind of teaming up to figure out what happened to those other scrolls that kind of disappeared during Captain Marvel and like how they've infiltrated society. This could be a fun sci-fi spy thriller. Um, I don't know. I, now that I know it's Secret Invasion and not just like a Nick Fury show, I think I'm a l- little bit more excited about this than I was previously just knowing that oh yeah sam jackson's coming back nick fury disney plus i don't think you're gonna have half the marvel universe is actually yeah. scrolls but but the fact that they have but talos th- coming back with ben mendelson like it, it will be uh, it's gonna be like the I, main think point, it, I think yeah those characters played well off of each other uh mendelson is a phenomenal actor um my question is, is this current universe or is this pre-Marvel universe, pre-Nick uh, Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And it's like Talos being like, I had I had some agents in the field, but I don't know. They, they just disappeared. And then they're like, really, you're going to make me have to get back into this? Okay. That thing... I'm I'm pretty amped for this one. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I think it'll be a lot of fun. It's definitely one that I'm... I, I don't think there was a Disney Plus Marvel show that I wasn't like... Yeah. Like, I'm a Moon Knight fan. I 
I'm looking forward to that. All I got was uh, Moon Knight. Same thing with Blade. They went like, uh, Blade's still on the books. You know, yeah. like, they're just I'm, things I'm that I'm going like, to take Blade off like my list because you basically just said what they said with Blade. Like, yeah, <laughs> Blade's a movie. Also, we're looking forward to, to putting out. <laughs> but the fact that they framed the investor call as, like, a fandom event where it's like, no, like, there's production value to this. Like, we have presentations put together. Here's the sizzle reel. Like, that's more for the fans who are watching it and discussing it, talking about it, recording the whole like two hour podcasts about it. Like they they knew what they were doing. What they should have done is film all the fans reacting to everything they were announcing and then show that to the investors so they could go, Oh lick lick lick. Money, 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 money. How much stock do you think you have to have to be invited to that? A lot? Really? Just one? But the thing is, like, with Disney's investor calls, they've always been available for anybody to yeah. watch or listen to. Also, public information, we were getting a uh, what-if animated series. We've seen some kind of teaser stuff before, but we got an actual, like, full-fledged trailer for it. A lot of the same footage, not confirming anything that we didn't already know, but this this looks really slick. I really like the animation uh, form that they're using for it, like that kind of cell-shaded, like proto-realistic. What was that movie? A Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of that style of animation. Uh, also confirmed that we will be seeing Chadwick Boseman's last appearance as T'Challa in this because there's a what if T'Challa got picked up by the Ravagers and he becomes Star-Lord instead of Black Panther, which sounds a lot of fun. No, Paul, you, Paul, you shake your head. That's what what if was like when you pick up those comic that books. Was what like, if? That's like when you walk into the comic book store as a kid and you've got a dollar and you're like, Oh, yes. What if Spider-Man became Iron Man? Like, it's just it's something so weird that ultimately it doesn't change anything knowing it. But, like, you're just like, oh, that's cool. I, I The last clip with Bucky versus zombie Captain America, I was like, well, I'll definitely be checking this out. And the other stuff all, all looked fun and good. The, the Black Panther Star-Lord one. I thought it looked uh, the, cool. The Captain Britain the, one, I think, is the one that I'm most looking forward to, where it's Peggy getting the super soldier serum. Yeah. Yeah, like... And then you got skinny Steve Rogers. But he's but then he kick? becomes Iron Man, because he's in, like, that Mark One. Like, it, it just looks cool. I don't know. Something I'm hoping is really good. Uh, we're getting a War Machine show announced over on Disney Plus with Armor Wars where it's going to be Don Cheadle coming back as the War Machine and he's going to be trying to solve Tony's worst nightmare where his technology's gotten out there and now other people are using it. Again, playing it very close to the vest, not a lot of stuff coming out, but this is what I was kind of hinting towards when people were like, oh, are we going to be seeing the return of Justin Hammer in this? And I really hope so, because he was such a strong, shining part of Iron Man 2 that if if you don't have Hammer in this, like, I think you're you're mixing. If, if Sam Rockwell doesn't appear in this and isn't, like, the main villain, you've missed the point. 
like he's that character that I've wished has been back other than when he appears briefly in one of those Marvel shows. Uh, once we get caught up on the Marvel movie retrospective, because it's going to happen at some point, I figure we'll do all the Marvel one-shots after that, because they're, they're decent viewing, and they're only like five minutes each. Like They're really short, but... We kind of should have... Because a lot of them came out on the DVDs and stuff. We kind of should have done them with the movies... Uh, those, whole, those episodes get long as they are, so I'm okay with doing <laughs> those separate. But, uh, but, but yeah, just I mean, Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer has to be an armor. If, if it just he's makes not, sense, they're, they're definitely missing the boat on it. And then also more uh, Don Cheadle as James Rhodes, like he's such a likable dude. There's those moments like where you see him and he's like, boom, you looking for this? That moment gets me every single time when I'm watching Infinity War. Like, it's, it's such a great story. Like the fact that his password is War Machine Rocks. Like <laughs> I feel like this is a character that's such a worthwhile addition to the MCU and they haven't had a chance to do too much with him. But now that Tony's out of the way, I think he can – really stretches wings. He doesn't have wings. Those are repulsors. But this is something that I'm really looking forward to. And I think this is where we're going to get the other brand new Disney Plus series that they announced, Ironheart, with uh, Dominique Thorne cast as Riri Williams, who was in the comics a bright young uh, teenager who's kind of rivaling Tony's intellect and then builds her own set of armor. If they're able to tie that in, which I think they'll probably do what Lucasfilm did with Ahsoka Tano and The Mandalorian, like have it be that backdoor pilot, you know, hook them when they're young, like get people in because they want to watch that War Machine show. And then they're like, oh, like this Ironheart could be cool too. like sell it to people because I'd watch them both anyways. But you know what? Armor Wars. Yeah. Day day one, I'm there. Yeah i i I don't think I've read a single Ironheart comic book. Um, in, in our defense, I'll say we're sh- not Iron Man fans, though, and she kind of sp- spins no. out of that universe. Yeah, um, it's definitely something I'm interested in. It's absolutely something I would check out. Um, but yeah, it's just not. Again, other than Robert Downey Jr., like he's the only reason I've ever enjoyed an Iron Man property or Iron Man in the movies. And um, I don't think any other actor could make me like Iron Man, but he still didn't make me like him enough to read Iron Man comic books. So closing out the Disney Plus stuff, we have two things. We're going to be getting a series of I Am Groot short films. And then also the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, both being done by James Gunn. And I have a feeling that these are things that he'll be working on alongside the already confirmed and kind of pseudo-announced Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, alongside the Epcot Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind coaster. I think this is just going to be like one of those side days on set where they're like, okay, hey... 
we're going to do this. There's going to be musical guests. We're going to get some sort of like flashback where Yondu can have sent a message out to Quill and he's going to get it like four years too late, just sealing that their family sell the season. Uh, I, I really like guardians of the galaxy. I'm just trying to scroll through our show notes quick. Oh, I already closed it. Crap. Uh, I think, I think all of those are kind of the upper part of our like combined lists. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think the episode, the first one, Chris are in both of our top five with like top eight is, uh, two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, um, from what I from what I heard from what I read, um, they're going to be filming the Christmas special at the same time that they're filming um, three. And he, I think he pitched it as like, no, the seventies Star Wars holiday holiday yeah. special. Like, that's what I want to make. Like, it'd be amazing. It'd be great. It makes so much sense we should do that. And I think Kevin Feige was like, yeah, roll with it. Like what? Why not? Just working through the actual Marvel cinematic universe movie stuff that we have now. Um, Black widow, still a movie that will be coming out at some point. Uh, they did confirm that it will not be bypassing theaters and coming to Disney plus it will be released in theaters. They've already push that down the road. It's going to be the summer movie for 2020. That's fine. Uh, I wasn't expecting anything else about this movie to come out because they've kind of already teased as much as they could. I think with all the backlash that they've done, that's come out from the Warner Brothers one from people who made the movies. I mean, the guy who made Dune said, well, good luck ever getting a sequel because they just killed the franchise by putting it on HBO Max. Like, I think Christopher Nolan was like, no, like Warner Brothers used to be a place that you could go to take your movies and have them be what you want to be. And now they're just shoveling stuff off to like the worst streaming service that he was like, no, we're I'm, I'm done. And then even James Gunn was like, uh, no, like they didn't discuss this with me at all, and now all my stuff's just coming out through HBO. It, I never wanted that or meant for it to be done that way. But a lot of those deals, like to go back to what happened with Wonder Woman, like they made that movie and they were getting ready to put it out, and then the situation changed. So many of these movies, they kind of paused while they were making it. And now Warner Brothers just be like, well, no, we're putting it out this way instead. And so much of that's not done with the contracts that people signed and the deals that they cut. That now it's like, whoa, like you never said you were putting this out this way. And I think the only, only people who discussed and approved of this was Patty Jenkins and um, Gal Gadot. And they said, yeah, to, to film an extra scene. Um, but there, I mean, and Patty Jenkins came out to say, like, I don't approve of what they did with other people's movies, but we talked about it and we said, it's better for this to come out to help people through this time, especially when we're releasing it, that people can have this fun movie at the holiday season to uplift them and 
be something joyous at this time that they get to see their Wonder Woman movie. It, and it's getting great reviews. So, yeah, like everybody wants to see everyone's going to want to see it. We chose to do that. But these other people who did not have that discussion with them, it's not right. And also, Marvel, everything's gotten pushed back. So they just push their calendar back. You know, like, it doesn't hurt them. The movie's filmed. It's ready to go. It can release in the summer when people are going to be possibly vaccinated and able to go to the movies. You know, like, it's it's still going to be tough, but that release date makes sense. Ray and the Last Dragon. We do have something of a precedent, though, with a Pixar movie because we did have Disney Pixar's Onward come out back in March because that movie was released for a week and then the world shut down and then it was available over on Disney Plus and that was the last movie I've gone to see in movie theaters and it's going on a year since I've been to a movie theater and that's weird as someone who... I'm not a cinephile, but I like going to the movies, you know? Uh, and it's just crazy that there's stuff coming out that I would have gone to see. Just couldn't, though. Um, but there, there's a bunch of other stuff coming out that I do want to see. Can we, we gonna get back to it? Does anyone have to say anything yeah. else, John? John, no, no, no. John, do you have something to say? John, no, I'm good. As, as the resident cinephile? Oh, I have a... I have a fuck you for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, next movie we have coming out down the road, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Production has officially wrapped on it. We did wind up getting the full cast announcement for it. Since this isn't a franchise or book that I actually follow, I don't know any of those characters outside of Shang-Chi. I do respect the fact that they did go with like all native Chinese actors to portray these roles, but Shang-Chi number one was the first Shang-Chi book I've read in probably 30 years since I got a random Shang-Chi book in one of those like multi-packs that you buy for five bucks that has like 20 comics in it. Shang-Chi thoughts? I'm looking forward to it. I do know that they said that, um, the Mandarin was going to be the villain in it. They don't have the Mandarin listed in at, on IMDb of who's in the movie. So that means it's going to be somebody who they're going to announce and it's going to be possibly a big deal. Um, but they haven't released that yet. So I'm interested to see what else we're going to get out of this. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a fun... I mean, it's going to be a fun fun action karate movie yeah. like uh, that's all i can hope for and that's all i want out uh, of it much like our previous beers with the 12 beers of christmas from clown shoes they're showcasing how they can do different things and i look forward to shang chi being that for the mcu um also the next movie out after that too marvel's eternals they confirmed that yes that's still a movie nothing happening with that Nothing else to discuss. Eternals thoughts? I've I've never read a Eternals comic. I, I have. I think great. there's some. I think there's some interesting things 
with it. I like some of the casting, but I don't like it might be the first Marvel movie that I don't go to the theater to see because I don't I really I I don't care. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. circle back. We'll circle back. Um, also, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Already talked about that a little bit before with WandaVision. Still movie, still coming out. No updates on that one. Um, next thing after that that we finally did get some new news with was from Taika Waititi's Thor 4, Thor Love and Thunder, with Christian Bale officially being cast as Gore, the God Butcher. Do you think he's going to Christian Bale it and, like, he's going to gain all the weight first and, like, bulk up and then, like, kill Thor and that's how we get Jane Foster? And then he's going to, like, lose it all to go back and play, like, Scrawny Gore? I hope so. I don't I don't wish that upon anybody, but Christian Bale, he, he would be the dude that would do it just because it's like, I'm Christian Bale. I'm nuts. Play Dick Cheney again. Uh, no, I'm I'm super looking forward to it. I mean, it's been teased and it's been talked about that Christian Bale is going to be there and who would he pay, play. And people were saying the Minotaur or Gore, you know, like I and yeah. And honestly, I've never read a Thor comic or enjoyed a Thor comic till that God Butcher book that Steve Rosenberg recommended us to read. And we read it for a trade and policy, and all of us were like, well, that's the best Thor book we've ever had read. And Paul, you and I have continued on being Thor fans because of that. And a lot of it has to do with Jason Aaron. I mean, I think he's done more to that Thor character than anyone else has has done. Christian Bale's going to play Thor, too, and he's just going to lose all the weight. You heard it here <laughs> first. I think... I think this is, I think it might be a tease and Gore kills Chris Hemsworth Thor. And that's why Jane Foster gets the hammer. Like it could be that passing the torch kind of a thing. And maybe you get better Ray Bill. Maybe you get uh, the, the frog Thor. Like who knows what, what the, can come out of this. It's Tiki Watiki and you got to know that it's going to be fun. There's going to be action, and there's probably going to be some heart, and can get pretty bit can get pretty gruely. I think you could see that just as kind of like one of those like fan payoff moments. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to this though. I think it's no. I think it's going to be great, Paul. You still, I think both of you owe me a tilt. Uh, next time I'm in Buffalo, put it put it in the books. We'll. I, they don't make tilt anymore, but we'll find some other like s- sugarized, like high gravity malt liquor to drink. Um, next two I'll talk about are things that we had already expected coming out. Captain Marvel two, we knew this was happening. We already talked about it a little bit with Miss Marvel. Black Panther two again, we knew this was going to be happening. They did confirm that Chadwick Boseman's role as T'Challa will not be recast. So leading a little bit more to the fact that we'll be either getting someone new as Black Panther or just like Shuri kind of taking on a mantle somehow through story. Not, not earth shattering. Like I don't want them to, I don't think they should. So this is fine with me. Uh, But the two new movies that we did have officially announced 
both of them kind of tie in together in a weird pseudo way I will circle back to. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, directed by Peyton Reed, coming back for his third Ant-Man film. Uh, Cassie Lane coming back, like you had said before, recast in the role, someone different from who we had originally in um, Endgame. It's okay, but also confirming we will be getting Kang the Conqueror appearing as kind of the antagonist in it. Uh, I don't have his name written down, but the dude from Lovecraft Country, Lee Mage. I've heard great things about it. Haven't watched it, though. Yeah, I, I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that he yeah. was cast as that. Again, sign me up. Another thing I'm looking forward to, I really dig the Amat movies. They might not place highly on my list of favorites from the great Marvel movie retrospective, but... I do think these are great, fun palate cleansers and have their own space in the universe. Mm. Um, I, I'm not mad about this one, guys. Yeah. Uh, I really like Jonathan Majors, too. I've been watching... That's a, uh, Lee Majors is a $6 Lee Majors is man. Lee Majors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you said uh, that before. He's yeah, a, I, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. He's in the beginning. He's in the beginning of Scrooged. Uh, look forward to that uh, Christmas uh, movie coming out. Uh, or my pick, <laughs> that my my Christmas my my Christmas movie pick. Um, I really like Jonathan Majors. I think he's 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 really really good. And when Chasmic uh, Boswick died, I, I just I know I just said his name wrong. Um, I was like, well, if they were going to recast him, I would have picked Jonathan uh, Majors for it because it just he just could play that character in uh, um, Lovecraft County. He is a, a flawed hero. He is somebody who really wants to do the right thing. He'll do the right thing, but he does have his own baggage with why he's doing the right thing and going to recast him. I would say that's the man to do it. Um, I think he's going to play a really good Kang. I think he's going to play somebody who's going to come off fairly likable, who might seem like he's the hero, but in the end be the villain and could be as vicious and bad as you want your bad guy to be like, I think he's somebody who also they're planning on having as a villain throughout some other movies too. Like you're introducing Kang. He can be Iron Lad. He can be uh, that Egyptian. There's an, is an Egyptian bad guy. Like there's endless possibilities for him. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, I think I'm looking forward to that a, a lot more than I thought it would be. Uh, and then the next one that we had announced for a while now, ever since he started doing the Ant-Man films, people are like, you know what? Peyton Reed should handle Fantastic Four because he gets that kind of family dynamic. He gets the weird, creepy, out there science stuff. But we did officially get Fantastic Four announced over at Marvel now that the rights are back there. Uh, being directed by John Watts, who did Spider-Man Homecoming, which you heard us talk about in the great Marvel movie retrospective back in episode number 429 last week. Uh, 
Paul, this is one that I'm excited to talk to you about because you do not like Spider-Man. So you did not like Spider-Man Homecoming. It is officially like the third from the bottom on your list, right above Thor and Incredible Hulk. Are you excited for him to be doing Fantastic Four? Um, I'll say, Paul, the only thing you might have ever seen him direct would have been uh, the Onion News Network because uh, Clown and Cop Car are totally not up your alley. So you never would have seen those, uh, but are both very interesting. And Cop Car, I think, is actually a really good movie. Not, it's, a, it's a good movie. You're thinking about the Jimmy Fallon Taxi with Queen you're, Latifah. You're, you, ne- you are never not thinking about Jimmy Fallon. Paul, your favorite movie was... Oh, what was the movie with him? I threw it like a fever pitch. Is that a thing? I don't... I've never... I've been to a baseball game. Never watched one. I don't know. And I was going to say Paul's favorite movie is when Max showed him the clip of when Jimmy Fallon showed up at his grandma's birthday's dinner. It was like, I got to meet Jimmy Fallon last week. That was pretty good. The look, the, the heartbreak on your face was all I ever needed in my life. <laughs> Anyways, speaking about Christmas, uh, we are doing our holiday watch list um, every single day up, leading up to Christmas, each recording a special just look into our holiday watch list. If you haven't checked those out, do them. They're just short, fun little episodes. They're kind of one-on-one, just us talking about what we watch every holiday season. We're like a third of the way through it at this point. Uh, the rest of them will be there shortly. They're all scheduled not mine i have to record my last two still spoilers i i did all my homework i did them all in one night boom boom pounded them out i i'm just not i'm not as resilient as you i can't make sure uh you rate and review us if you have something that you watch every year let us know emails bangboardcast at gmail.com uh let us know what's on your holiday wish list just comment on any of our social media stuff because there's a lot of good things that we kind of left on the table there. So there's enough there to do like more next year if we want to. Cause. And, and as always, just don't be a dick. 